RDTDaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right, everybody, what's up? I hope that's not too loud. <laughs> Already we have problems. My name is Tara Devlin, and this is Unapologetic Liberal Talk on the Right Side of History, Decency, Dignity, Democracy, Humanity, and America. All patriots, real patriots, that's what we are. We're taking back the word patriotism. We're reclaiming it. Oh, wrong, not wrong, wrong button. I'm clicking the wrong buttons here. And yeah, we will win. My name is Tara Devon. Like I said, this is Unapologetic Liberal Talk, and it is, uh, it's our show. We Stick Together, We Win is our rallying cry, and we, we meet here whenever possible. So you, you, we have a Saturday show. The, this show started out as a weekly thing, as a Saturday evening thing, and now it's, we're trying to do, um, well, I try to do shows, as many shows as possible during the week. Thank you, Winston, on the chat. Good sound here. He, thank you. See, this is what I'm saying. We're all, the, uh, you're my producers. <laughs> We're in this together. And hello, Jim. And thank you, Jim, for your super chat. <laughs> I love it. I hear the sound of an abundance of super chats. I hear the sound of victory. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, hopefully you started a trend, as always. And, okay, um, what else? I still don't have all my sound effects ready, but I'm working on it. I've, I don't know. You, you guys don't even know how annoying everything is. Technology. So we do the show because uh, maybe one day, I mean, I, mean, I don't know, I'm saying this for myself, too. I think that in the future, when we're all gone, and the future generations hopefully they'll be um they'll be living in a functioning democratic republic if not it's not because we haven't tried to stop it to stop the 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 decline the fall into fascism that so many republics before us have have uh, fallen so I think, yeah, the, why I do the show is so, it, it's because we, I mean, this is really the last bastion right here, what we're doing on YouTube. Uh, obviously, YouTube is a giant corporation. But when you, you think about the American Revolution, the, the American Revolution began in whispers, of course, like any, any new idea. Oh, hi, Tara Jr. Jr. You're here early, everybody. Oh, wrong button, wrong button again. I'm getting used to all the new buttons. I don't, wait, hold on. Something doesn't look right here. Well, that's just my face, I know. So um, what was I saying? So the American Revolution began in tea shops with pamphleteers, so in whispers, really, where people would pass around um, pamphlets. They're, I think sort of like today's, well, it's not really a tweet, a little bit longer than a tweet, but um, that's kind of like the independent media, the independent liberal media at the time. So um, that's how I consider this show. It's sort of like the pamphleteers of the colonial era, um, getting the word out, although we are... 
I mean, we really are. We're not, in, as you know, we're not a functioning democracy, and we never have been. We've always been aspirational. And the closer we get to being that more perfect union, that's when the right-wingers, the conservatives, freak out because conservatism is a fundamentally undemocratic ideology, and that's just the nature of the beast. It is what it is. So, but, but, as you know, we... Big money, organized money is uh, just as dangerous as organized mob, as FDR famously said. And um, that organized money ain't going to let go um, without a fight. They own everything in this country, and including they they own the the platforms. They own the... um, you know, they own the media. They own the corporate media, of course. The media is corporate because <laughs> of corporate owners. I mean, I found it sounds ridiculous, but the fact is we um, that's what we're up against. Ult- ultimately, I truly believe this, and I'm sure, I mean, we can have this debate. with If, if we don't own the message, we're done. The fact is, okay, all right, whatever. I don't need to go on. Let's just, you guys know. Um, let's, uh, because what I want to talk about tonight is, I uh, this morning, I was engaging in my morning routine, um, but, uh, getting myself, uh, giving myself early morning ajita by watching Morning Joe. And I, I mean... It's to me. I, I I feel like I I, I don't know. Well, what if what would the aliens think if they finally come and rescue us and and watch this shit? What what would they think of us? <laughs> well, I know what I think, and it, and it is I think you know it's bullshit. This morning they had Andrew Sullivan on for about almost I mean twenty minutes. And they went on and on and on again about cancel culture and wokeness and latte liberals. And this drives me, whatever, whatever a latte liberal is, this drives me insane because it's, uh, it's just hippie punching and, it's, and it means nothing. Now, you know what's going on. So they're, they, they're, they're whining about wokeness. What is wokeness? They're, and they're whining about cancel culture because Andrew Sullivan lost his job. So a couple of years ago, for those who don't remember, Andrew Sullivan is a, I, mean, I never liked him. He's a conservative. He's, a, he's an idiot. He was an Iraq war cheerleader. He one of these uh, staunch drum beaters. Hey, Tara Jr., that's my hand you're biting. And um, he... He's got, he's racist. He would write um, fundamentally racist things. And watching him this morning on Morning Joe justify, or basically he wasn't just, he was whining that everyone is um, uh, canceling everybody. It's not, but you see, it's not cancel culture. You, you just suck. That's it. You're being canceled, quote-unquote. Maybe it's sort of like being put in a corner, like a child. When a child misbehaves, it's like, okay, go think about what you've done. 
what did Andrew Sullivan do? He wrote about he's I mean basically he he um re he dusted off the old um what is that? Um not laugher curve. Where is it? You know, that red just the the thing just slipped out of my head. Um, you know, the name of what is that racist thing that he said? Ugh. Hold on a second, guys. Before, actually, before I get into it, I know I'm being annoying. I have to really get my head in the game lately. I've I've not been focused, and I think a lot of it is due to, I have to tell you, um, incredible, I don't know, I guess I've been a little depressed, so, and uh, going through a bit of an existential crisis in my mind, so... Thank you, Pookie's Mama Irene, for your super chat. Hi, Tara Jr. Jr., I'm here for you. Oh, and actually, you reminded me, Pookie's Mama, before we keep going or really get into what we're what we're doing here tonight, to just hanging out and talking about the uh, the insanity. I want you. I, I want to. Sin City's not in the chat, but it, I want to say, Sin City, I received your donation and thank you very much for your generous donation and your um, very kind note i really appreciate that and also in similar news where is my sound effects we got a new patron ladies and gentlemen tonight's show is brought to us by Kathleen Loves Nature. That's right. Thank you, Kathleen Loves Nature. I love nature, too. I love nature more than, I mean, I don't know. I love nature. <laughs> I love it more than people. I guess people are part of nature, though. I guess, would I call myself a misanthrope? I'm only, only one in regards to right-wingers. So, thank you all. Thank you all. Thanks, everyone who are, who, all the patrons of this show. People, you all have, I know that you have uh, many choices out there to support. And many people pulling you in different directions, because... That's the way it is, the liberal media. Hold on a second, guys, guys. So let, while we're on the subject, let's just start, I don't know. Let's, there's a few things we want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about Rand Paul. Well, who cares? That's an aside, I guess. He got kicked off of YouTube for a week for spreading misinformation. I was going to talk about that. Okay, we'll put that on the shelf. Maybe we'll get there in a minute. Um... And I also want to talk about the um, cinema and mansion poised to take a dump in uh, in the in the bipartisan punch bowl. And um, what else? What was the other thing? Oh yes, and a new report saying that CEOs are making three hundred and fifty-one times more the than the typical worker. And yeah, 
and it's partly well we know how bad it was before but it's it got even worse thanks to twitler's tax giveaways but as i was watching this morning's morning joe i um i i was watching it and i was like oh my god thank god i have a show because we're really we're going to talk about this on the show. That's what I said to my I said to Tara Junior Ray, and Francis Junior Junior. I said we're going to talk about this on the show later because we cannot let this bullshit stand. And the reason we do this and we unpack the um, certain segments on corporate media is because the the I'm. Um, because we have to be conscious about the messages that are being sent because everything has an underlying message, especially when it comes from the millionaire mouthpieces on the billionaire uh, owned networks who funnel all of this bullshit into people's homes. So we forget that we're living in the least upwardly mobile with the uh, nation, with the widest income gap, all of that. Um, we're supposed to put that to the side. And as far as then, the, uh, you know, they're talking about cancel culture and being woke, all of this shit about uh, being woke. And, uh, and as, you notice that it's coming in, in many ways. It's just coming from these whiny white people. And I suppose that's the natural byproduct of, of being in a, uh, having your privilege tickled. You know, maybe that, that white privilege might, it, it forces certain, these white men mostly, to maybe look at themselves. And then they don't want to do that. So they cry about uh, being canceled. It's not, you're not being canceled. We're trying to make a more perfect union. That's what it is. Where we live in a on a on a planet where people have different pigments and different uh, different all kinds of different things, all different cultures. They come from different backgrounds, different everything, different pigments. And I know how scary that might be for right wingers, but you know. Um, just because there is that there's um, an awareness building, and there might be somewhat, I mean, a little bit, just a smidgen of accountability. You know what I mean? Uh, that's probably why it's so confusing for for them. And in this circumstance, we're talking about Andrew Sullivan, who, I mean, can you, I don't know if you guys remember the Iraq war, <laughs> the buildup to the Iraq war, how disgustingly uh, militaristic uh, he was just banging that drum for war. And now, of course, he's um, the mea culpa, mea culpa. And the thing is, as far as the, um, you know, they're saying, oh, now he's, he's saying, I, I learned my lesson. I was really misled. I made a mistake. I really believe, get the hell out of here. 
the fact is, if I, me, you know, little little old me, little old liberal podcaster, um, knew 20 years ago that George W. Bush and uh, Dick Cheney and Donald Rumsfeld were attacking a country that had nothing to do with 9-11 so they could fulfill a dream of um, regime change and stealing the oil, basically. Um, then, well, they laid it out in the Project for the New American Century. It was all there. Uh, they needed a unifying event, a new Pearl Harbor, and then they could do, do, you know, well, they already had the map of Iraq was already um, cordoned off. Who would get what, what private companies would get which and what. So um, if I and so many others like me could, uh, weren't fooled, let's say, what the F what the F's wrong with you, Andrew Sullivan, and uh, what's your name, Joe Scarborough? I was going to say Joe Manchin. There's so many Joes. So let's play a little bit of it, because if I have to get disgusted, so do you. Because, so. um, hold on, where the heck is it? That's why I say thank you for your patronage, and if you can become a patron, please do, because... Eventually, we want to have a daily show at a set time and maybe, maybe even have a producer in here that could do the button pushing and fumbling. So, okay, because that's what half of this show, I'm like, okay, where's this? Where's that? Clicking around. Here we go. 1989 to 2021, also back with us, the president of the National Action Network, Reverend Al Sharpton, and also former Senator oh Claire boy. McCaskill. Andrew, it's I'm so excited thing. to have you on here because I've been saying for the past several years, you're the most important writer in America, certainly to explain really? the Trump era. He's and I always got the same response back from those who knew and loved you. That's him, the guy who's always wrong. Do you see what I'm saying? You see what's wrong in this country? The, the, the people who are the stupidest have the most power. They have the, the largest platform, like Joe Rogan, like this guy. He's an intellectual. All he is, he's, he's a, another, um, he's somebody. It's sort of like the search for the superior moral justification for selfishness, but it's also the search for, um, the veneer of legitimacy. So conservatives can wrap all their bullshit around, um, you know, Andrew Sullivan as if uh, as if he's an intellectual. They just add a lot of words. It's just palaver. It's nothing. It's um, all right. Let's just let 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 me let him uh, explain. Awesome, but he doesn't wake up early. So we appreciate you waking up early. Uh, I just want to read the conclusion. I can read the whole thing, but David French's review of your book was so beautiful. I just want to read the last paragraph. He says, read out on a limb, the snapshots of recent history. Read it to better understand the many journeys of one of America's most important public intellectuals. But most of all, read this book to see what it looks like when a thoughtful man tries his best to tell the truth and let the chips fall where they may. And as he says, Andrew, and it's the highest compliment I think any of us could pay anyone uh, in this business. 
Hold on, guys. Just waiting for the music. Let the chips fall where they may. So his calling card, the claim to fame, is that he doesn't care. He offends both sides. So that must mean he's correct. And this is another thing that is irritating in general and also wrong. If you're, if both sides are mad, then you must be correct. You must be doing something right. No, that's not necessarily so. It's sort of like this middle of the road thing. If, if, if uh, Democrats don't get what they want and Republicans don't get what they want, that must mean it's correct. No, and that's an infantile way of viewing things, don't you think? The, there is the truth, right? Some things are just true. Some things are a matter of opinion. I, now, he's certainly in, in, uh, welcome to all of his opinions. But when he starts writing, um, see, the thing about Andrew Sullivan, the re one of the things that got him fired, well, that's he was working for the New Republic, and they let him go because he, he was publishing excerpts. That's what it is, the bell curve. I was thinking the Laffer curve. Both bullshit. Both bullshit curves that co conservatives construct to wrap their their bullshit um, racist ideology and kiss up kick down ideology around the veneer of legitimacy so they they do this all the time it's not legitimate it's not the same like intelligent design is not the same as uh, as evolution but they 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 call it intelligent design to give it legitimacy, to give it weight, as if it's on par with with fact and truth. I mean, oh, oh, it's a theory. Evolution is a theory, but it's uh, more a uh, of a provable theory than um, a man on a cloud. I'm sorry, sitting there um, making a list of who's naughty and who's nice. Give me an F and break, okay? But um. Andrew Sullivan published excerpts from the from a book called The Bell Curve and that's uh, it's a rape it's just a racist old where is it The Bell Curve exactly uh published in 1994 is a book by psychologist Richard Hernstein and political scientist Charles Murray, in which the authors argue that human intelligence is substantially influenced by both inherited and environmental factors, and that it is a better predictor of many personal outcomes, including financial income, job performance, and birth out of wedlock and involvement in crime than. Um, blah, 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 are an individual's parental socioeconomic status. So, you see, it's this bell curve was, is a racist, uh, just, it's like uh, junk science. It's like uh, phrenology, where, or, well, the Nazis used to measure the skull to prove that they were the superior, of course, right? They also argue that those with high intelligence, the cognitive elite, are becoming separated from those of average and below average intelligence 
and that this separation is a source of social division in the United States. <sighs> the book was and remains highly controversial, especially where the authors discussed purported connections between race and intelligence and suggested policy implications based on these purported connections. Shortly after its, uh, its publication, many people rallied both in criticism and in defense of the book. And Andrew Sullivan is still citing it. How, I mean, that is, that's just disgusting, frankly. It's, but it's not his only, it's not the only sin, quote unquote. He's clearly uh, a, a privileged out of touch, I suppose, white guy who I guess never actually had to think about uh, his place in the world because he's uh, a white guy and he's never, uh, whatever he picked up, the racist b bullshit that he picked up, I don't know why he could, he thought that it was a good idea to share that shit as if it was the truth. Because he also used um, his whole—I mean, it, it just betrayed his um, uh, his heart, frankly. That he has this uh, the racist underpinnings of his worldview, because he he also wrote an article um, pointing to Asians, and this is often something that racists do they point to asians as the model minority saying that so if everything is broken in this country then why are asians doing you know so great or something for, for or, or something as along those lines you know what i mean um and that in itself is you know a little bit um dated racist and and lazy frankly but that, if that's how you feel, go for it. Write about it. Talk about it. But you know what? Take the lumps. That's what it means. You know, they, this is what these right-wingers, these conservatives, are. they're whining about. They love freedom, right? Supposedly. But that means we're, we are free to have a reaction to you. And your stupidity. So that's how you learn, right? And I don't, I don't get it. How someone old like him—he's not. I mean, whatever. I don't know how old he is, but he's an older person. He's old enough to know better. Where does he pick this shit up? You know, I get it. I I was raised on Staten Island. I was born in Brooklyn. I was raised on Staten Island, sort of like raised by wolves. But there's a lot of racists there. There's a lot of stupids out there, too. A lot of Republicans. And although, you know, I don't, I didn't know everything as a child. I still don't know everything, of course. But... You know, you learn just because you're surrounded by morons. If you have a, a an intellectual curiosity, then you learn in spite of your surroundings. But, you know, the thing that is so um, 
dangerous, I suppose, about Andrew Sullivan in general and all these 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 conservatives is that they they spew this bullshit and then they expect no no consequences because they've never had any consequences. Of course, it must be surprising when there are some. Sort of like, I mean, just an aside, when I don't know if you guys watched the Cuomo's non-apology resignation, and, you know, the lines have changed, she said. The lines? It, and uh, it it's the... I don't know. I wonder if he really believes that. He knows. He knows what he did. It's sort of like Andrew Sullivan. What? What? How do you get to be as old as you are in this world and as it changes and in the evolving world and you still feel blindsided? Like, what is wrong with you? Clearly, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have a platform to spread this bullshit. Of course, yeah, it's right, right on your Substack. That's wonderful. And um, the fact is, the New Republic also has a long racist history, so it's not surprising, but that uh, he was part of their their uh, stable of writers. But whatever, um, things are changing. And you can go write whatever the hell you want to write, but it's just fascinating how people who seem to be um, impervious to, I don't know, uh, to, uh, to evolving? I, I don't know. Maybe that's the wrong phrase because he is, he is apologizing now for saying uh, he's not, I mean, he's apologizing for, well, he said he... <laughs> He's one of the chapters in his new book is an apology to Ta-Nehisi Coates. How disgusting is he, though? Not, I mean, not Ta-Nehisi Coates. This guy here, Andrew Sullivan. You're apologizing for basically saying that Ta-Nehisi Coates is um, part of uh, a, a race, quote unquote, for a better, for lack of a better word, of people who are inherently defective or deficient that's that's not a debate that's your um that is a a that's your wrong racist worldview i don't know it doesn't seem so hard to um figure out that that's kind of that that the way you think is wrong i don't understand it's it's very it's fascinating all right hold on let's keep going you enrage everyone because you are on no one's side. First of all, how really? much did you have to pay David for that wonderful review? Second, you're on no one's side. So, what does that mean? That means you must be correct. You offend everyone. How about you just shut up a little? You know what I mean? He seems like somebody who should shut his mouth more and uh, and listen. Seriously, your thoughts on uh, on on uh, his his view of your book? It's just a beautiful. I thought a beautiful piece. 
I thought it was what? It, this is stunning, and I, to be honest, was really shocked to read it in the New York Times. Someone, I don't know why, uh, I mean, someone who's a producer or someone with power at MSNBC must, uh, must be like, we have to rehab Andrew Sullivan. You know what I mean? And that's why they gave him this 20-minute spot. All right. And uh, look, you you do your best in your career to, to to tell the truth as you see it, and at any moment in time, the truth that can be extremely see. controversial or the truth as you see. It. Let's remember what he's talking about. Who's that guy, Pookie's mom, Irene? That's good. I'm glad you asked that question because that means maybe we're getting somewhere in life that we don't recognize Andrew Sullivan. Right off the bat, because he used to be everywhere, uh, but now he's making a comeback. That's fine. I mean, he has the right to live his life, clearly. But but let's remind everybody, when he's he's talking about the truth as he knows it, he's talking about his racist worldview. You know, when you have these stupid ideas, these racist ideas... And then in comes a bunch of hucksters and they wrap the, um, their, the racist ideas in the veneer of science. And then, which is disgusting. And anybody who is um, not a racist understands that that's bullshit. Okay? It's absolute and utter. It's just nothing but racism. That's it. And you're, you spread that shit. You spread that in your writings, and then you uh, you think that that's somehow your that's an opinion. That is the world as you know it. This is what he's talking about. I, he got in trouble for expressing the views of the world as he knows it. Well, we've been in the world as a bunch of white people, a bunch of white men know it for far too goddamn long, frankly. So move over. We're all trying to have a seat at the table here. That doesn't mean you don't ha- you don't get a seat, but you know it just means you got to move over and stop being a dick. It's raining out. People can have extreme feelings about it, but extreme I hope that over the feelings. long haul, the ability to stick with what you really see in front of your eyes has a long-term credibility advantage that the people know you're not bullshitting you're not lying and you're not trying to spin you're honestly trying to get it right and you will get it wrong of course and i have in the book i have a whole essay on what i got wrong about iraq um and and and, and i think that helps show that, that it matters just don't look at this news cycle look at the long term look at exactly uh, how consistent a person has been or how at least earnest they are in correcting their own mistakes and and subjecting themselves to a certain amount of of humility in, in the face of extraordinary events that we cannot understand as they are happening and do our best to make sense of what yeah, you know i i that's just a lot of words guys does, and that's the other thing. When I was watching this this morning, I was like, what the hell are they saying? It's another example of corporate media just circle jerking the millionaires and uh, meaning nothing, just putting out a bunch of words. Is that what we've 
we've been reduced to in life in this country? Just a bunch of buzzwords and trigger words. It's really irritating. Just explain yourself. What do you mean, the world as you see it? Explain the world as you see it. Tell us what you're talking about. Are you talking about the model mi minority that you use as, uh, as an example? Why other minorities aren't uh, pulling themselves up by their bootstraps? That's what, he, that's what he, he's, his uh, articles would assert. So, so you're wrong on the Iraq war. I, I don't get it. How could you have been wrong? I wasn't wrong. I'm not, I'm not, you know, not some special genius. You're somebody who's got a platform. You had a lot of, you made a lot of buku bucks over at the New Republic, writing your bullshit, spewing it out. I, and I don't know. Um, why does this is I mean, this is the thing. These people have large platforms. The only thing we have is this. We can try to cut through somewhat, cut through the bullshit and get to the point, hopefully, where people, you know, because young people, they're not going on to MSNBC. But they're going on YouTube. They're going on this on on the Internet. And I hope we get to the point where we got more people here than they got listening to the the whinings of of oh so put upon millionaires. I mean, do your job. Okay, if you're an opinion writer, that's fine. Do whatever you're writing your stupidity over at the New New Republic. But the New Republic has the right to to publish you or not. And maybe you crossed the line. They didn't like it. Of course you crossed the line. I mean, that's what he did. It was just the... You didn't realize the line changed? You know how offensive and and harmful, in general, to everyone, not just people of darker pigment, that whole bell curve. I mean, how much bullshit must we constantly weave through? It's like, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it always happened. I mean, people have done this forever, um, ascribing other, pe other types of people with some, some, some uh, deficiency, inborn, inbred, or they some, somehow in the genes. That's what Twitler believes. You know, he's got good genes. That's why he can, he knows everything. He, he can, he's an amazing businessman. You know, he just knows. He goes by his gut. Even though everything he touches turns to a decayed and rotting corpse. <sighs> But that, I mean, this is what the um, we've human beings have had to endure. You know, did the same thing to the Irish. I know, as an Irish person, not that you know that makes me all knowledgeable on all things Irish. But um, that was one of the uh, the the charges against the Irish in general, where they were uh, lazy and drunk and. Uh, you know, we're somehow of a lesser form of human. And then here comes a bunch of junk 
scientist racists to, to justify it, to wrap their bullshit around science. I mean, and that, and that is just dangerous. That's, that's just, uh, you know, this is the stuff of, uh, that we have, that we've been trying to overcome for millennia. And one step at a time, we'll get there. Uh, but, you know, it starts with <laughs> reducing the amount of bullshit that's flooded into the public discourse, don't you think? I don't know. That's why they took Rand Paul off of YouTube for a week. I mean, that's why all these Republicans are getting um, banned by, you know, just temporarily. Of course, thank God, Twitter is banned for the time being from social media for the most part. But uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Rand Paul, I mean, we would do a lot better if we didn't have all this bullshit flooding into the system. Because I guess, guess what, everyone? Well, you guys know, the American people, well, just people in general, are not that smart. People are, are dumb, okay? I'm sorry to say it. I wish I was wrong on that. It sucks to be right there, too. But they're dumb. And the whole, um, you, you could go online and I trust you to, um, figure out what's true and what's false. How are you supposed to know what's true and what's false? How? This, this is why we're in the boat we're in because morons go online and they pick up information and they think that they'll, they could repeat this shit. They don't know what they're talking about and it's bullshit and all it does is harm this this the society and the people and i know just thinking about uh, andrew sullivan spreading this bell curve bullshit again you know how how um wounding and damaging that is hold on a sec just think about it i mean I, um, it's offensive. It is, you, you know, I'm, you, you guys know, I'm, I'm a white person. I'm a person of, of, uh, ghostly pigment. I can't, I, it, it infuriates me to think about the, the whole bell curve. Cause it is, it's, it's just cruel. You're taking other human beings and you're, you're telling others who are susceptible to bullshit and maybe they, they want to cling to some sense of superiority by the mere fact that they were born with lighter pigment. Are you kidding me? It's so, it's so ridiculous and, as it, uh, to be um, infuriating, but also, I mean... What do you expect when we're, 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 it's, see, here's the thing. It is, it's the society. That's what we know. It's not the person because all that does is, um, you know, it says, it spreads the bullshit that this is nothing wrong with the system. It's you. You're the problem. It's not the, um, you know, hundreds of years of oppression and systemic 
legislation against people like you, it's it's you. The system's great. Nothing to see. Nothing. Keep moving. And uh, of course, it works out well for some people. And those are those don't they seem to be the ones who are whining the most? Just keep whining instead of learning. Just hey, 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 learn, learn from your mistakes. But you, when you get to be somebody in their 50s and you're writing an article for a major pub- publication and you're quoting junk science of some racist junk science, then you, you really need, uh, you need not to have a, a large platform because that's, da- that's just goddamn dangerous. I'm sorry. Um, look at exactly uh, how consistent a person has been or how at least earnest they are in Listen correcting their own mistakes and, and subjecting themselves to a certain amount of, of humility in, in the face of extraordinary events that we cannot understand as they are happening and do our best to make sense you of. You can't understand the Iraq yeah, war you know, I, I, I had said uh, all along at the end of Iraq that Iraq ended up making fools of us all. Uh, us all? Talk Speak for yourself. Iraq made fools of... They're all Monday morning quarterback. Of course, I was never for it. They were all for it. It's always somebody else's bleeding, though, right? Somebody else's blood and sacrifice. They're all for it. We knew that the Iraq war was bullshit. Oh, we were all made fools of, weren't we all? They got us all. We were caught unawares. And that's why you need a a national platform to keep spewing your wrong ideals and ideas, right? The video is too loud? Hmm. Thank you for telling me. Uh, many of the people who oppose going to Iraq. You know oppose- what it is? It's, I don't hear the output. I, and in my headset, it, it, everything seems fine. So thank you for letting me know that the video is too loud. Hopefully, I just lowered it. Hopefully, that works. Surge supported getting out immediately, which uh, in, in, in quickly. Uh, again, but you can say that about your entire career, uh, even the most brilliant among us, uh, uh, going out on that limb, uh, fighting the good fight, sometimes getting it right, but sometimes getting it terribly wrong. Fighting the good fight. This is what is so... Okay, I'm sorry, maybe some people don't enjoy when uh, we do this, um, when we con- deconstruct these corporate media clips. But I really want you to hear. Just listen to the words coming out of their mouth and tell me if they make sense. Person has been, or how at least earnest they are in correcting their own mistakes and, and subjecting themselves to a certain amount of, of humility in, in the face of extraordinary events oh, that we hum- cannot understand Greg, as they are yeah. happening and do our best to make sense of. Yeah, you know, I, I, I had said uh, all along at the end of Iraq that Iraq ended up making fools of us all. Uh, many of the people who opposed going to Iraq opposed the surge, supported getting out immediately, which uh, in, in, in quickly. 
Uh, again, but you can say that about your entire career, uh, even the most brilliant among us, uh, uh, going out on that limb, uh, fighting the good fight, sometimes getting it right, but sometimes getting it terribly wrong. Uh, this, uh, this sort of journey makes fools even of the brightest of us, even of the best of us. And of course, I speak of you here. This journey makes fools of all of us. What journey? You beat a drum for an illegal war that everyone, um, not in your position, many of us, knew that was, was bullshit, was based in lies. And you got a lot of people killed. And you turned the Middle East into an incubator for terrorists, even worse than it was. So, my God. Guys, these people have um, a large platform. That's all I'm saying here. This shit goes into millions of homes. And it's on, and people are doing their morning routine or whatever, and it's getting into their brains. I don't know what the... Uh, it's, it's just bullshit. It's just baloney. This 20 minutes could have been spent on the corporate media, if they really wanted to have a functioning society, then they would do stories about, you know, the, uh, the income gap, the upward immobility, instead of this shit. Cancel culture wokeness? Hurt Andrew Sullivan? I'm sorry. Poor guy, right? Well, it does. And I think the many of us got uh, several things wrong over the last 25 years. And the consequence of that are with us today. I mean, as the elites, we did screw up. That war was a terrible wow. mistake. Deregulating the economy so 2008 happened was a terrible mistake. We, that we all predicted. That we all knew. I knew it. You knew it. So, so you got the Iraq war wrong. You got the deregulating the economy wrong. We all, we all warned them. You understand? Now we have to play this pantomime that, um, that they did it on accident. When we know it's bu that's bullshit. They did it on purpose. They knew. Just like they knew that invading Iraq, they knew the consequence, they knew there were no weapons of mass effing destruction, they couldn't give a shit if Saddam Hussein gassed his own people, they wouldn't give a shit if he gassed us. They don't care. Well, they would use that as a justification for some invading another country, that's for sure. And so you got that wrong, and then you got the the deregulating the economy wrong. Dere I mean, just deregulation, because this is the way conservatives are. It's, it's a pathology. It's deregulation pathology, as if all deregulation, as if all regulations themselves are bad. You know, that regulation that doesn't let you uh, dump your poison into our streams and waterways uh, that that's not necessarily bad it's not bad in fact we know that regulations in general of course they've done studies 
that regulations, if there are no job-killing regulations. I mean, they, the Republicans are very good at that kind of propaganda, branding. And uh, the conservatives, regardless, this is why they're a cult. No matter what, they only have, uh, they only have their cult answers, no matter what the question might be. Is it no matter what? It's deregulation and tax tax giveaways to the one percent. That's it. Tax cuts, not for you or me, but because we always have to pay. We pay. We pay the price in blood and in our in our lives. In general, we're always paying the price in blood because we're living in the consequences of the actions that these pricks. You know, they've been they've been given a platform to uh, and and this is what they do with it. They they proclaim to love this country, but they beat the drums for illegal wars. They send our their fellow Americans, <laughs> they're supposed to be such patriots, they send people to their early graves based on lies and then 20 years later they turn around and say whoopsie whoopsie i was wrong we'll tell that to tell that to uh cindy sheehan's son tell that to the oh how many how many died all of the the uh the people the young people who are dead they don't get to be Andrew Sullivan's age to make any mistakes. They don't get the luxury of that. But, guys, you know this for a fact. They didn't make a mistake. He knew. Now, the the only reason there's any mea culpa at all or saying, I oopsie, I made a mistake, oh, we were all fooled, we weren't awful. The only reason is because it can't be denied anymore. The things that we've been saying for for 20 years now cannot be denied. So we know it's it's a shit show and a failure. There's no... We've been telling you that. We've been saying that. We said that from the, the jump. It's so fucking irritating. People are not wrong to be angry and to understand where the accountability is. And unless we provide our own accountability, people are going to go to someone like Trump who will vitiate all of us. Oh, my God. It makes no sense. I'm trying to follow the logic. Okay, you made a mistake and everybody, if we don't, um, if we aren't accountable for that mistake, they're going to go to Trump. No, that's, they go to Trump for many reasons. And, and the main being, well, they're racist, that's for sure. And the tickling of the racist funny bones gets them, uh, gets them horny. And, uh, you know, they're, it's the, it's the fissures of disunity, the economy, it's the broken ass system that created the income disparity and into that income disparity steps the fascist con man. 
and he's not nobody's run well maybe maybe one out of all of the trump bands are running to uh twitler's arms because andrew sullivan isn't taking responsibility for the iraq war give me a break oh it's thunder i feel bad because i just heard the thunder um ray has a very um He's very uh, triggered by thunder, and he's not wearing his thunder shirt. That's all. I'm just sharing. Because now I heard the thunder. It's been raining for a couple of days. It it rained last night, thunderstorms. It's going to thunderstorm now. It's very hot out. As you guys know, it's the end of the world. We're burning and melting. And Ray needs his thunder shirt, okay? Ray needs it. Because he... um, He's very, I feel bad for him. You know what I mean? He's a good cat. He lived on the street. And it makes me think about what the other cats out there, what are they? They must be scared. Anyway, whatever. When they're out there. In the, and what did he do when he was outside? Why is he so afraid? The other, My other two, they're not, they're just walking around like nothing. But Ray is, he is trying to find the nearest hole to to fall into and hide and never come out. I mean, he's 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 not he doesn't do well in a thunderstorm. Right? Oh my. Covert white rabbit says, "What is this rain thing you on the East Coast people keep talking about? I haven't seen such a thing in ages." Well, uh, it's hot as hell and now it's thunderstorming because it's just damn hot, as you guys know. Well, the whole world is burning. Well, you know we're in code red. We understand that. Oh, I never saw that coming. We made a mistake. Yeah, code red for the for the for climate change for Earth. See, Earth is going to be fine. We might not survive. Mammals might end up extinct, but you know. Earth is going to be fine. But we never saw it coming. We made a f- mistake. We we really did. We in the elite. And you're, you have a right to be upset about that. Do we? When we're, um, you know, when the flames are licking the back of our necks, do we have a right? Now that you've destroyed Earth? Oh, it's so funny how, and I mean that in a sad way, um, it's funny how how much these so-called patriots play with our lives, isn't it? It's all for our better good. Oh, well, they didn't know. They didn't know better. It was a mistake. Tara Devlin from Queens, New York, with her little podcast knew, but not uh, not Joe Scarborough. They didn't know. Uh, and I think that's that's what we have to do. And I think it's easy and dangerous when I, I, I agree with people that Trump is absolutely a threat to us. But to lose sight of everything else and What's to get right? too fixated on that, it's really like getting too fixated on defeating this virus as opposed to getting back to our lives. What? what does that make any sense to you? Getting too fixated on defeating this virus instead of getting back to our lives is like getting fixated on... Nobody's fixated, okay? We're trying to get through 
this crisis. That's how we get back to our lives. Maybe our lives have changed. Maybe they're fundamentally changed forever. Maybe that's the way it's going to be. Just like maybe society is fundamentally changing. Whether you like it or not. That's the question. It's the big, longer perspective that you're hoping for. Um, and, you know, readers in the end, they get you. Those who really don't want to read you can not read you. And those who like you will like you. Um, and you will lose some and win some. But the key is consistency in this. The key is just understanding what you do not know. And conservatism used to... Does anybody... I'm telling you guys, please explain it to me. What do all these words coming out of this guy's mouth? What do they make? I mean, words supposed to make sentences that express thoughts and feelings. And what the fuck is he saying? And I think it's easy and dangerous when I, I, I agree with people that Trump is absolutely a threat to us. Okay. But to lose sight of everything else and to get too fixated on that, it's really like I getting too I'm fixated on defeating this virus as opposed to getting back to our lives. That's the question. It's the big, longer perspective that you're hoping for. Um, and, you know, readers in the end, they get you. Those who really don't want to read you can not read you. And those who like you will like you. Um, and you... I have to say, it reminds me of my father in a, a little bit because when my father was sick with Alzheimer's and he would, it was, it was fascinating, but also it was my father and heartbreaking and terrible, but he would um, just make a lot of words come out of his mouth that maybe you might be like, is, what is he saying? Just a bunch of words strung together that would be like, yeah, uh, no hope but the, the no hope but the future, right? We're uh, on the ramp, on ramp now. Gotta go. Ha every time we g catch up and everybody, uh, you know, let's all uh, go to the hop and dance. And you and there be word. There be some kind of thought process strung along in it but it never made sense and that's what it reminds me of longer perspective that you're hoping for um and you know readers in the end they get you those who really don't want to read you can not read you and those who like you will like you um and you'll lose some and win some but the key is consistency in this the key is just understanding what you do not know. And conservatism used to be about that humility, about saying, we don't know everything. We can't fix everything. We're going to have a limited government. We're going to let people try and figure out their own problems. But when things emerge and we have a practical answer, we'll figure it out. And now it's become a cult. And what's... <laughs> what's become a cult? We'll figure it out. Let people figure it out. We figure it out. Oh, no, you'll figure it out for them, right? With your uh, wrongness. You're constantly being wrong. What happened over the past 30 years has been really depressing. If you have any sympathy no. for the conservative temperament or movement. What? 
Why would uh, you have Andrew, last night I was talking about a conversation I had uh, with Mika earlier with Claire, but last night at dinner we were talking about the consequential changes, uh, uh, not only for women, uh, but also uh, for, uh, for, for race issues over the past 10, 20, 25 years. Uh, but we were talking about what was the most consequential change. And I think everybody around the table said the speed that we got uh, from uh, your essays in 89 and 93 uh, on marriage equality uh, oh to— Oh, God. So this is another thing that annoyed me. He's giving Andrew Sullivan props for, for helping bring marriage equality— to fruition get the fuck out of here well he's a gay conservative so you know it affects him that's why he was for marriage equality if he wasn't gay then he wouldn't give a shit he would be for um he would be against it of course because they only see the light if something affects them directly and then they get to be all for it oh so thank you after you were wrong on the iraq war and deregulating the economy and then you you were right well guess why you know why because truth you know there's a right and there's a wrong in some things it's not just a matter of opinion so as far as marriage equality being able to form a legal contract with somebody, even if they have the same peepee, you know, that's not a that's not something that is so far fetched and out on a limb. That it's it's right, you know, when you have laws and rules for some people but not for others, and they're only d ex excluded because of your stupid giant cloud being or so you say that have nothing to do with uh, human beings living their lives that has nothing to do with you you don't have them you don't want a gay marriage you don't have one but come on marriage equality yeah. uh was absolutely uh, just spellbinding mesmerizing it's still hard to believe how quickly things change from two is, listen to this so they they're going on about how um things have changed so much but let's remember guys they cha things change because of progressives we the patriots of this country the progressive the normal people who no right from wrong. Not that we don't get things wrong now and then, but there's there is a truth, and then there is bullshit, and there's things that are right and things that are wrong, fundamentally. Like it is fundamentally wrong to have a a society and then exclude certain members of that society or segments or populations from participating fully in that society and having the same equal protection under the law. And that's not a, that's not a hard one. To, that's not a leap. You don't have to really stretch your brain that much. So he was right, because, you know, on gay marriage or whatever. But come on. 
2004 when the Bush administration was using it, uh, or, or the Bush campaign team was using it uh, as uh, to pull people out against uh, marriage equality to 2013. What are your thoughts as someone who's long been considered perhaps the most influential thinker on this issue? What? You see well, this? You can see I in the first. saying it until it's real. He's the most influential thinker on marriage equality. That was news to me. It's ridiculous. I'm saying, I'm not crazy. Hold on. Don't get too don't get too mad at me. But here's an idea. And over the years, you can see it gets slightly more traction. People understood the arguments. And here's what I took from it. What argument? I took from it that people who tell you this country is irredeemable, this country is sort of inherently bigoted. Okay. This whole framing, we've been hearing this a lot from from conservatives. People are telling you that whoever says that this country is irredeemable is not telling you the truth. Who says this country is irredeemable? Anybody? Why do we even bother then? I don't say I get down on, I get a little depressed about it, but no, we wouldn't do the show if we thought the country was irredeemable, if there wasn't hope. We've made actual change in this country. Progressives have. We've made this country a more perfect union. That's what we do. That's what progressives do. So who the hell, who says, this is another red herring. It's a straw man that they all set up constantly. How some, who's saying this? It's supposed to be, you know, who, you know, the underlying messages. The person, the people saying that um, America's irredeemable, that's the woke people, you say. That's the latte liberals saying that. Nobody's saying that. And isn't it ironic, though? Think about this. So these right-wingers are patting themselves on the back for marriage equality. The same, it's the same one. I don't, I don't know about Andrew Sullivan. He was probably for it. But um, Joe Scarborough and them, how long did they take to evolve? So but they're patting themselves on the head for marriage equality when if we roll back time... They and uh, apply today's standards to to them back in the day when they're railing against marriage equality. They would probably call us latte liberals and woke. Oh, don't. And, and you're trying to cancel me. You're trying to cancel me and my opinion that people of opposite peepees are the only ones who could choose to form a legal marriage contract. You see, it's the irony that they don't even see. They're railing against themselves, but patting them... Well, they're they're railing against progressives. That's what they're railing against. But they're patting themselves on the back for all of the progressive change. See, oh, that they stood in front of, in the way of. I'm not necessarily... What's-his-face? Andrew Sullivan, and on this particular topic. But... Conservatism in general. And the conservatism didn't give us marriage equality because Andrew Sullivan said th- said something about that he was for it because he's gay. 
When you actually engage in the old liberal process of making arguments, listening to your opponents, getting out there, not caring who you're talking to, you want to get your message across, engaging fundamentalists, talking to your own families, people took real courage in coming out. This was a triumph of liberal democracy. We didn't rig it. We didn't, we didn't yell at anyone. We didn't demonize straight people as somehow the enemy. You see what I'm saying? We didn't demonize straight people as as they were the enemy, but they certainly demonized us, didn't they? That's why, and they still do. That's why some of them don't even want to bake a goddamn cake for our legal marriage contract of the same pee-pee ceremony. We didn't demonize straight people. Oh, so we're supposed to say, yes, so we shouldn't demonize who? Who are we demonizing? Oh, you know what he's talking about. He's talking about critical race theory. And he did a whole, there's another article he did on critical race. I mean, buying into the bullshit about it. Ah, I hit the wrong button. Evangelical movement was moving and where the right was moving. Uh, let me ask you, uh, as a guy who uh, grew up in a Southern Baptist church and has been uh, concerned, uh, similarly concerned, are you surprised by how far uh, it moved uh, in, in Donald Trump's direction and where it, it finds itself now uh, in, in large part fighting vaccinations, fighting medicine, uh, fighting the, the protection of, of, of even their own family members? Well, on the one hand, uh, I was a little surprised because I think many of us failed to acknowledge just how much trade policies, immigration policies had affected people, working class people in the middle of this country. And we were another thing you say that he got wrong. We just didn't see how those trade policies, how even though everybody was saying that when you when you open up. Uh, the borders, so to speak, and allow companies to outsource and ship jobs overseas, that that's going to turn the United States into the United States of serfs and lords. And uh, Andrew Sullivan, again, wants us to think that he he couldn't see that coming. And, and so I think that was on us. I think we should have understood that better and got in there earlier. Um, but look... America is a crazy place. When you look, I'm from the outside. When you look at this country, did things like have an entire bloody civil war. This country banned alcohol for everyone. This country had had a bloody civil war because people wanted to own other human beings, you know, because they probably, well, they did think that they were less than because they had darker pigment. And they also, they used to justify with all crazy things like the Bible saying, look, it says right here, slaves be good to your masters. And then they used science to justify it, as if it wasn't, you know, it wasn't them putting people in chains. It was nature itself, which is, that's pretty much what you say in your articles when, you, when you're talking about um, the bell curve, and how some minorities seem to have a better time here in the United States. So what's wrong with the other ones, I guess? That's your message? 
these movements and these these spasms it's still alive and young and so the idea that in a in a really gridlocked democracy that somebody would come along and say i alone can fix it have the talent to persuade people and to exploit people that way was always going to happen at some point i mean the founders understood this would happen we just about survived but not very well and we have a long way to rebuild that but america is a crazy place as i said you never know what the idea that a black president would be elected and reelected twice wow in this country We're not that's as astonishing then. as donald trump uh, wow. And so I, I just always look. So everything, nothing to see here. Move along. There's no problems, you see. Clearly, we elected a black person two times. Who can believe it? It's astonishing. What America's going to deliver next. And that's why the world looks here, because this is where the future is actually made. But yeah, I think that conservatism started going off the rails in the 90s. I had a piece talking about the Ken Starr report, which is when I got off the train. Then the refusal to acknowledge the errors in Iraq, to double down. The belief that we, America, can torture people, that we can borrow money, we can spend money, we don't even care about the deficit. These were such betrayals of conservatism. And, and we have a long way to go to rebuild that. Uh, and we're going to have to adjust, though, on questions of immigration and trade, on, on those questions where the effects of the policies have really hurt people. And also in terms of neoliberalism, I mean, this is capitalism is not working right now. Right it's now. not working for most people. And if you're a conservative, that should worry you. Instead of defending capitalism, you should ask yourself, how can we reform it to make it more popular and more legitimate? It really does bring wealth to this country as long as it's done right. And so I think tackling inequality is also, the, also a cause. If you look at Britain, where I'm from, the Tories have managed to somehow co-opt this very populist right-wing nationalist feeling and bring it into the existing institutions. That's what Tories always did. In this country, the Republicans have become part of that explosion and have no control over it. And until they get rid of Trump, if they can, that's going to be the case. Oh, my God. I want to, here's, uh, that's not even the worst part. So let me just play this last bit. I realized I didn't wait. Hold Ellen on. Ellen Roosevelt, you, no one can make you feel inferior. Oh, this is it. Oh, my God. Sorry. I was grabbing it off of YouTube. So there was an ad that popped up. Listen to this shit. All right. Urging everybody to the furthest extreme of uniformity. Let's see going to have to adjust, though, on questions of immigration and trade, on, on those questions where people, and if you're a conservative, that should worry you. Instead of defending capitalism, you should ask yourself, how can we reform it to make it more popular and more legitimate? It really does bring it's wealth to this country as long as it's done right. Okay. And so I think tackling inequality is also, also a cause. If you look at Britain, where I'm from, the Tories, really if they can, that's going to be the case. Andrew, it's Willie Geis. Congratulations on the book. I think one of the reasons your writing and your thinking always has stood out, but particularly in this moment, is there are so few people willing to go out on a limb on what they write, what they say, what they think for fear of having it sawed off. And so what you get a lot of the times, people looking around wondering what the right thing to say is. or ver Get the fuck out of here. You see? Uh, everyone's looking around wondering what to say. No, I don't... 
get that. Are you wondering what to say, guys, on the chat? Are you? I, I'm not. I'm not like, oh boy, I'm so scared to say this. Because what are you saying? It's not, you're not falling into um, a trap. What's, what is um, so outrageous? Don't be racist. It's not that hard. It's really not. And if somebody's like, damn, kid, that's racist. Don't be like, cancel, you're, you're too woke. You're trying to cancel me. This is a matter of opinion. Can't we all get along? Get the fuck out of here. We're trying to not um, have your... We're, we're trying to evolve, okay? We don't need you. We don't need this bullshit weighing us down. We're all afraid to say something? I wish. Look at Twitter. It's nonstop. People are saying shit all the time. It never stops. Look at Facebook. Nobody, they're not, who's afraid? You're afraid? I mean, there's no reason to be afraid unless you can't help but scream the N-word, like that idiot that came to the chat. Remember that? Haiku remembers. A couple of weeks ago. Well, was it was a couple of days. No, it was like a week ago. Some guy came to the chat. We banned him. And he, because um, he was, well, all he did was write, N-word, 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 and then the uh, F-word for gay. I mean, that's who they are. C-word, N-word, all caps. So, but, but, but you, that's him. That's one one Twitter troll. I mean, that's one troll, not a Twitter troll. He's on YouTube, but that's one sick Republican. Just one. One of many. Holy shit. The right thing to say is, or virtue, right? virtue signal. Oh my God. If somebody needs to put a uh, montage together of Willie Geist going on about virtue signaling, he does it all the time. And thank you, Errol Thomas, for your super chat. When will Republic clowns ever gonna quit being lost without being found? I don't know, man. And thank you, Traverse J, for your super chat. I appreciate it. Guys, I can't do it without you. What they say, what they think, for fear of having it sawed off. And oh. so what you get a lot of the times, people looking around, wondering what the right thing to say is. or virtue. What right thing? I don't get this, guys. Who is anybody looking around? What do I say? What can I say here? Who... I might get canceled if I... What? You might if you start writing so-called scholarly articles with um, junk science, what, with racist junk science in them, okay? It's not that hard. You're a grown-ass man. You're both grown. You're both white, grown white men. There's no excuse, really. You're, you're making millions of bucks. You're making good bank. You got a lot of free time to sit around and discuss sh bullshit, discuss cancel culture, discuss the woke. 
why, why don't you try it? Try, try being woke for a second. Well, I mean, what is the problem here? You know what it is? It's just that they don't want to let go of what? Of their stupidity? Aren't you tired of being canceled? You don't, I mean, there's a real easy way not to be canceled. Just don't be, um, just don't, well, I guess you could be a racist, but you just don't, don't write it. Don't put it on your blog. Nobody knows the inner workings of your mind, but if you're writing something, if you're like, I'm going to write, I'm a white dude, and I'm going to write an article about why people of darker pigment just can't seem to make Make the best of it here in the United States of serfs and lords. And I'm going to use another racial group as uh, to hold them up as the model mi minority that we should all aspire to. If you're thinking of that, you might want to run it by some of your friends first. Somebody who's not Willie Geist, I should say. Media. So why, in your assessment, are there not more Andrew Sullivans, people who are willing to upset both sides in our political media culture right now? Oh, that's, isn't that what's good, right? That's upsetting both sides. What's both sides? You're upsetting, who, upsetting both sides by being a racist? The other side isn't upset. They like that. They want to hear that shit. They want to see your article on the bell curve because they want to point to it and say, look at their next clan meeting. See, I got it right here. That, that, that F word, Andrew Sullivan wrote all about it here. Sure, right now. Well, because even I got fired last year. <laughs> um, the atmosphere in mainstream media and I'll say this with all seriousness, we'll, we'll has become so, so oppressive. The fear of saying things oh. that might offend someone becomes so great. The threat and blackmail against people blackmail. for making an honest mistake, a single statement that might be faulty and which their entire career is destroyed over this. There's a fanaticism in the newsrooms around woke ideology. All right, that here is we go. really chilling the discourse, is, is discouraging younger journalists and younger thinkers for saying what they think, and also encourage. Oh, sorry. Obviously, I didn't cut the ad out. We should be able to argue, and we should be able to argue without everybody's feelings being constantly wounded. Wow. We can't go forward if we don't have a certain amount of resilience, self-understanding. I mean, I remember Eleanor, Eleanor Roosevelt. You, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. So don't, cons so don't consent. Can you believe this? Do you hear him? It's the same shit. It's um, the system's not wrong. You are. The system's not broken. It's you. Just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. The secret and all, you know? focus on it's the prosperity gospel of of the society that's what it is that's what he's saying it's um you know if you're not rich it's because you're not praying enough or believing in uh, joel osteen or something and this is andrew sullivan's 
version of it when it comes to having a, uh, a racial uh, reckoning in this country. Nobody can make you feel inferior without your permission. Can you, can you believe this? Because um, people who are rising up for social and, and economic justice are, are feeling um, inferior by accident. It's just, um, they're, ju they're just whiners. Why don't they listen to Eleanor Roosevelt? Formity. We should be able to argue, and we should be able to argue without everybody's feelings being constantly wounded. We can't go forward if we don't have a certain amount of resilience. So Tell that to George Floyd. You know, he should be walking around without being constantly wounded. Well, why don't they get um, their knees off her necks? You know? Understanding. I mean, I remember Eleanor, Eleanor Roosevelt. You, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. So don't consent. Believe in yourself. Fight bigotry that way. Wow. Stop always putting the onus on everyone else around you who hates you and start building your own life and explaining what it's like to be a minority. Being a minority is not the worst thing in the world. It has some wonderful joys to it. How some, some wonderful aspects to it. How dare you? This is really what got me beyond um, aggravated. I, mean, I got to turn that F and MSNBC off in the morning, really. Because... Being a minority, I, this his lecture. This is a white dude. It has some beautiful moments in it, doesn't it? Stop being such a whiner, George Floyd. Or, uh... Jesus Christ. Self-understanding. I mean, I remember... Eleanor, Eleanor Roosevelt, you, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. So don't consent. Believe in yourself. Fight bigotry that way. Stop always believe putting the onus yourself. on everyone else. Well, that's, you know, people who believe in themselves won't take bullshit, Andrew Sullivan. Stop putting the onus on everybody else, everybody who hates you. Well, aren't they the ones who got the problem with the humanity of other human beings? Being a minority is not the worst thing in the world. It has some wonderful joys to it, some, some wonderful aspects to it. And so I want to get us out of this mentality in which everything is oppression. Wow. Whereas in fact, if you look at it the other way around, everything is freedom too. <laughs> And we can channel that freedom if we want to. And I think we've lost our nerve. And I think it's because there are bullies and there are mobs and there's social media, which has made all this far worse. And I decided I have to keep doing this because prayer at this point uh, to be able to do it myself. And, I, and I'm trying to do that to encourage other people not to be afraid. It's okay to be wrong. Just acknowledge it. It's a good thing sometimes because then you can get yourself right. And I Wow, I, 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 I don't know. All right, I, I'm sorry. I'm be really belaboring the point. I guess it's sort of 
I wanted to experience it with you guys too. Cause I don't know. I, I was looking online after this interview went and I was trying to find, did, did anybody else pick up on this bullshit? But I found nothing about it. It was a little bit disappointing and I didn't have the time to write something myself. On the left, uh, on the right. Here we go. Listen to this shit. This is the last thing I know. I still regard myself as a kind of Reagan Thatcher conservative oh, you would, who feels very you? much estranged from the world right now. Andrew uh, Al Sharpton, uh, I have read you down through the years, and uh, you have been controversial to some as someone who's. Uh, never been controversial. I've admired uh, uh, you uh, going out on the limb. But let me ask you this. The he goes out on a limb. I agree with you even on some of your attacks on uh, what I call latte liberals on the left, uh, on the right. How does cancel culture represent a real threat to our ability yeah. to grow and to really understand each other in, in this country and not be canceled so immediately if you make uh, one step or one uh, uh, move that can be interpreted in a way that ends your whole career? Interpreted? Okay, forget it. We're done. It's not an inter a matter of interpretation. Your writing is there for everybody to read. Cancel culture, latte liberal wokeness. What's the biggest danger of cancel culture? Oh, it's it's us being canceled, and knowing that we uh, what uh, what what's her name? Um, <laughs> Eleanor Roosevelt said we can't be a victim. Being a minority is beautiful. Look at me. I'm a white man. I'm a rich white man. Yes, I'm. I might be. I am gay. I'm a minority. That's what he says to himself. So he can speak about it. There's some beautiful things about it. Well, I w who would disagree? There's beautiful things about life, you son of a bitch. That's life. There are beautiful things. There's ups, there's downs, there's struggles, there's, there's good days, bad days. There's minuses, pluses, there's weaknesses, there's strengths. This, this whole, that whole interview that we watch together, thank you for sharing that with me and coming along for that incredibly um, irritating ride. Um, the whole interview is, is, uh, is basically an example. It's, it really is um, sort of like uh, exhibit A in all that we have uh, have to overcome the corporate media the yeah, the mainstream media telling us everything's okay that if you are are if you're pushing and advocating for progress and challenging powerful people uh, about their bigoted archaic antiquated views, no matter how eloquently those views might be formulated in a, in a highfalutin article on the New Republic, that then you're, you're not, uh, you know, that's the biggest problem is, um, 
is the challenge to the power structure, that there's no problem, that your the problem is you. I mean, how long have the working people and the people, the underdogs in this kiss-up, kick-down society have had to endure the, um, the message that it's you, it's not us, it's you. It's not the system. It's not the laws. It's not the representatives. It's not the money in politics. It's not the racist ass system. It's not the laws in that racist ass system who are written by racists who don't even know they're friggin' racist. And when they're called out for it, then they cry and complain that everybody um, who who called them out. Um, are, uh, should just, what, I don't know, um, what's the word, think, think better, or think, think about themselves in a different way, as Eleanor Roosevelt said, well, we shouldn't take your words at face value, is that it? That's what Andrew Sullivan is saying, I mean, when he writes about the bell curve, I mean, he he legitimately took this racist-ass junk science. It's like somebody taking the science, quote-unquote, of eugenics and putting it in an article. That's what he's doing. You know, that eugenics had a lot of support uh, back at the turn of the last century. There was a lot of highfalutin Andrew Sullivan's writing articles about eugenics. How some people, well, well, this is what Rush Limbaugh said, some people are just born to be slaves. That should be the conservative rallying cry, really, because that's the underlying message of conservatism. Some people are born to be slaves. And that's what they think. That's what Trump thinks. We know this for a fact. He says it all the time. I got good genes, good genes. There's so many clips of him out there. Talking about his good genes and what, what, how much that matters. I, uh, well, besides his very big brain, <sighs> I have a big brain. I mean, there's so much stupidity in this country. And the thing about, and the mainstream media, we we just dissect it all the time, but I think the mainstream media, frankly, is. Probably, well, it, it is, that's the fire that needs to be put out immediately. Because without the message, we, we don't stand a chance. I say that all the time. It's the truth. Look at what's going on. Look at the stupidity f um, flooding this country and everybody at each other's throats. People are complaining. People are at each other's throats. But you see how these uh, millionaire mouthpieces they they think that the the problem is that when 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 i say people are at each other's throats that they think that that means they're being canceled like the big problem is them white powerful old racists being canceled well the fact is we'd be at each other's throats less if this racist misinformation, this racist bullshit, wasn't in our public discourse. Uh, well, just there as, uh, as uh, something to 
point to as an example of how far we've come. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Instead of using it. I mean, that's the thing with Andrew Sullivan. Using these old, outdated, everybody who is a serious scientist knows that the bell curve is bullshit. Just like everyone who's a serious scientist knows that uh, climate change is real. Even though you can find a couple of outliers. So when the, the thing in this, in the past, in the, uh, the clip we just played, you notice they didn't, he didn't mention why he got fired. He just mentioned that he had a different opinion. And isn't it terrible that we can't have opinions? No, you can have an opinion, but like I said, a private company doesn't have to publish your, your racist drivel. And in fact, I would argue they have a, a responsibility not to. Publish it on your blog. I mean, there's so much stupidity. It's, it's a wash. This country is a wash in it. And I keep seeing clips of people. Uh, I mean, now the vaccine, people are not taking the vaccine. Some, some dumbasses because they're, I mean, like, don't you think there are millions all around the world who have taken the vaccine without incident and we would already know we would know if people are being tracked if there's some nefarious underpinning in the vaccine if some something was going to affect your precious carcass with these right wingers i i just can't stand them but there's so much stupidity out there and um we have an obligation, I think. I mean, this is what we do on this show. We try to counteract it and try to call it out. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the mainstream media. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of this latte liberal thing. I don't know what the F that means. I, I keep tweeting at uh, Reverend Al Sharpton. Ask him, what is, what is uh, latte liberal? Will you please explain it? No, never. They would never explain it. Just like they never explain. They don't. They really just don't explain things. That's why. That's the point of the mainstream media because they want you to fill in the blanks with your own um, whatever it might be. It's a. It's like a uh, a Rorschach test where they they fill it. They uh, you know they they dance around the edges and you you fill in the blanks and that's a, that's just a human thing. That's what we do. We paint our own pictures and, um, and according to our own experiences. So when they don't exactly define what they're talking about, you, you fill in whatever um, the gaps would be. And therefore, nothing ever of substance become, gets discussed. That's the point of the mainstream media. <sighs> And now uh, I see that Andrew Sullivan is all over the place. I mean, he's obviously he's he just wrote a well, whatever this book is, it's just his essays. Like for example, where is it? I just want to show you one thing. Where is it? Uh, I mean, he uh, he dedicated an entire chapter in his new book 
to apologizing to Tanahazi Coates about to for, for I don't know I was trying to find the chapter I guess it's not available online or whatever and um, apologizing to him because they were at the time when he was when Andrew Sullivan was fired Tanahazi Coates wrote about it and I guess they got into some kind of debate. How are you going to debate somebody? You're going to debate that Tanahazi Coates is less than less than you? Is that it? Because you got the bell curve or something? But he uh wait a minute. Where is it? Andrew Sullivan critical race theory. Let's just wrap that up with this. Don't ban, this is an article from Andrew Sullivan's blog. Don't ban CRT, expose it. And just that, it right there, tells you that he doesn't know what the F he's talking about. The stories in the mainstream media this past week about the broadening campaign to ban critical race theory in public schools have been fascinating, and particularly in how they describe what critical race theory is. <sighs> how on earth could merely teaching students about the history of racism and its pervasiveness in the United States provoke such a fuss? No wonder Charles Blow is mystified. But don't worry, the mainstream media have already ex a, a ready explanation. The GOP needs an inflammatory issue to rile up their race's base. When, well, he's saying this with a grain of salt, the mainstream media get particular pleasure in ridiculing parents who use the term critical race theory as th shorthand for things that just well make them feel uncomfortable when the parents obviously have no idea what critical race theory is. When pushed to describe it themselves, elite journalists, unlike Andrew Sullivan, of course, he's not an elite journalist, he's just an elite a-hole, refers to the legal theories Derek Bell came up with in the 70s, obscure, esoteric, Okay, this rubric achieves... Wait, wait, where is it? Where is it? Expose it. And uh, just get to the bottom of it. And no six-year-olds are, are not being taught that Derek Bell or forced to read Judith Butler or God help them, Krim Kimberly Crenshaw. Of course they aren't. And I don't know anyone who says they are, but they are being taught popularized terms, new words, and a whole new epistemology that is directly downstream of academic critical theory. Oh, God. This is what he means by exposing it. To give an ex I mean, he's, he's basically doing what the conservatives are doing, meaning um, ascribing everything that they don't like to critical race theory. But it, critical race theory is not, as we know, it's not that. It's not, it's not like, like Marjorie Taylor Greene says that corporate communism, <laughs> that's what she, she's coined a term, corporate communism, because she doesn't like 
that corporations are making people, uh, making their employees take the vaccine or whatever it might be. And she says it's corporate communism. And um, they're, this is what right-wingers do. They, they push these buzzwords and then they ascribe everything to them. So just because you don't like something, Marjorie, doesn't mean that it is communism. You know, same thing here. Just because you don't like talking about race or the or, or want this country to have the much needed conversation, the the vital conversation, and it's not just a conversation. We need. I mean, it starts with a conversation, but we need uh, policies. We need a a country that works for all, and it starts with the understanding and reckoning with our races as history. And you know, no, we're not doing that to um, to to elementary school kids. And every everything, every time we talk about uh, race and discrimination or whatever it might be. Even if that happens in school, if we have uh, seminars or there's a uh, sensitivity training in corporations or wherever it might be, that's not critical race theory, you freaks. You freaking right-wingers. I'm not talking to you guys. You know that. It's just so entirely exhausting. But then again, what do I know? I'm only, I only have my dinky little podcast here. I'm not like um, Andrew Sullivan. I don't have a giant platform to continuously be wrong, you know? I'm just right on this little channel. <laughs> it sucks to be right. I don't, I don't understand how they, the, the brightest bulbs, supposedly, and the conservative intellectual firmament uh, are constantly wrong. They constantly have to go and apologize and say, oh, we got it wrong. We messed up. We didn't see that one coming. Well, I saw it coming. I mean, God damn it. I saw it. We all saw it. Oh, nobody saw earth burning. No, we've, we've seen it. No one knew. Nobody. Who could have predicted the end of uh, that we'd be in Iraq or in the Middle East for 20 years to no avail. Who could have predicted? Well, um, everyone. Well, not you're not right. Everyone who's not a right-wing hack, I don't see. Uh, I don't get it. So uh, they keep getting more uh, more eyeballs, a bigger platform. And that's why we're in this in this boat, as you see. Like for example, you know what's his name, Rand Paul, <laughs> that douchebag. Thankfully, got taken off of YouTube for a week. That's uh, that's not long enough. Clearly, this this is the problem: spreading lies. That's supposedly, that's your opinion? You know what I mean? This is what the Republicans are saying. Wait, hold on. Just 
trying to find it. Don't ban critical race theory. Don't ban it. Expose it. Like you just exposed it. Okay. Let me see. Hold on. Hold on, guys. Ron Rand. What a stupid name, too. Named after a sociopath. Could you imagine? Ugh. Why don't you call him Rand Ted Bundy uh, Paul. <laughs> Rand Paul. What a stupid head. Stupid hair. Dumb face. I know, I'm getting... I'm uh, I'm face shaming him. That's not nice. The, hey, I'm not saying I have the greatest face. Trust me. You can't insult me in any ways that I haven't already insulted myself. Where is that fucking Rand son of a bitch? So many. Oh yeah, here it is. He he writes, well, YouTube suspend Rand Paul for seven days over mask disinformation. This is from Crooks and Liars. So Paul was kicked off the video platform because in one of his videos claimed that two different studies showed that surgical masks and cloth masks didn't protect against the coronavirus. This resulted in the first strike on the channel, which means it can't, upload content for a week per our long-standing three strikes policy said youtube we apply our policies consistently across the platform regardless of speaker or political views and Rand paul responds on twitter he calls it a badge of honor Left-wing cretins at YouTube banning me for seven days for a video that quotes two peer-reviewed articles saying cloth masks don't work. Oh, my God. Seven days is not long enough, but that's YouTube's guidelines I would never have imagined before 2015. A sitting U.S. senator would undermine the health and safety of the citizens they swore to protect but the Z GOP is no longer a political party. It is a right-wing troll operation. Absolutely. I'm reading from the article uh, by Ed Scarce on, on Crooks and Liars. Yeah, it's a right-wing troll operation. That's it. It's a misinformation, disinformation, anti-democratic um, cult, really. That's it. Wait, where's my phone? I just want to show you something. Earlier, you know, I'm monitoring Twitter's, I mean, uh, Twitler's Telegram. It, well, can't help it. It keeps dinging off the hook. Uh, it's nonstop. Where is it? Oh, Jesus Christ. He's writing on his, on this, um, on Telegram. This is tw um, this is Trump saying, "Where is it? Oh my God! This happened. This went on all day. Here's one from today. Good morning, America. 
While you were sleeping, the radical Democrats advanced a plan that will be known as the $3.5 trillion communist plan to destroy America. The legislation is an assault on our nation, our communities, and the American dream. He's talking about the bipartisan, well, not bipartisan, whatever the fuck it is, the infrastructure bill. It destroys borders and the rule of law by granting dangerous amnesty that will flood America's beautiful cities. It will overwhelm our schools and make our nation less safe. It raises taxes like we have never seen. This is all lies. While also making many things you buy every day more expensive, gas, groceries, and much more. As you see, the inflation is rising. So groceries are rising and the prices, certain prices are rising and uh, the costs of things. So the, the here come the, the freaking right-wingers, of course, to, to just exploit the fissures of disunity. They're not here to help. They're not legitimately or sincerely advancing ideas meant to help the American people as a whole. They are absolutely not. They're lying. They're causing people, they're causing this country to uh, disintegrate. And here we go. Here, this is just one. It raises taxes like we have never seen. It's all, this is complete and utter bullshit. While also making many things uh, more expensive. And don't forget the crazy Green New Deal, America. You are being robbed in the dark of night. It's time to wake up. It's, and we, the only, um, the only saving grace is this is not on Facebook. It's not on Twitter. It's bad enough. It's on this telegram, this unbelievable, uh, this platform that it, the only thing that's frustrating about it is that, uh, you can't respond. Because I just want to say, shut the fuck up, you you old orange piece of wasted human DNA. I want him to legally and peacefully stroke out or something. Wow, the governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, was booed off the stage Saturday night at a Georgia Republican Party event. They wouldn't even let him speak. It is amazing how the people get... Um, what happened? It's amazing how people get what happened in Georgia and elsewhere. The election was rigged, and everyone knows it. Kemp refused to call a special session of the legislature and did absolutely nothing. Now our great country is going to hell. Would someone arrest him already? You see this shit? How are we going to survive this um, this fascist coup? And here's another one. This is all from today. This was so that was um, that was at four thirty six. This is at five. He's off the hook. I spoke to the wonderful mother and devoted husband of Ashley Babbitt, who was murdered at the hands of someone who should never have pulled the trigger of his gun. 
we know who he is. If that happened to the other side, quote unquote, there would be riots all over America. And yet there are more people represented by Ashley who truly love America than there are on the other side. The radical left haters can't be allowed to get away with this. There must be justice. Yeah, I agree. There must be justice. And it starts with your ass in jail. Twitler, you son of a wasted human DNA. All right. That's what gets me very depressed, guys. All right, one last thing we'll talk about tonight. A couple of things. I know, I went on too long with that MSNBC thing. I apologize. We'll make it up to you. I will make it up to you. In other ways. I do. I will, I swear to God. I just want to, a couple of last things I want to talk about. I want to talk about, well, let's talk about this. I was going to talk about the the infrastructure thing, and there's really nothing to say. Cinema and Mansion are um, getting ready to take a big dump in it, and they're crying about the deficit and and the debt. This is what cinnamon mansion are going on about oh i don't like the price tag there's too much it's and 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 notice we never hear the likes of cinnamon mansion or conservatives in general complain about the deficit when they're funneling more money into jeff bezos's pockets or allowing amazon to get away with paying absolutely no taxes Oh, they, you never hear about the dead and the deficit then, but only when we're investing in the American dream, in the American people, in America itself, do we get uh, the whining and the complaining about the deficit. You know why? Because the paymasters of Cinema and Mansion, and you know that Cinema and Mansion are on the take and... They're getting buku bucks. Someone, the dark money groups are are paying these fascist scumbags to be the fissured hemorrhoids on the on progress that we need to save America. I mean, this is what's at stake. We're trying to save this country from a fascist coup. I would say the first thing we need to do is get money out of politics. Of course, we have to pass laws to protect the vote all of it is related but the economy is related and not the debt because um i've been hearing about this shit my whole life and it only it only uh, seems to matter whenever the american people might actually benefit from something that the government does then here come the conservatives crying and whining about debt deficit. Oh, be afraid, be afraid, be afraid. It's going to blow up. Everything's going to blow up. Well, how about the rich pay their freaking fair share of taxes? 
You never hear it then. You know, do we hear the Republicans? Do we hear the conservatives in general talk about um, the debt and the deficit when they were adding trillions to it? See, what we're doing, we're trying to do with this, with this infrastructure bill is not only fix the infrastructure, but stop the um the uh, the <laughs> the earth from becoming uninhabitable that's what you call an investment i mean that's what it is it's an investment in the people and it's not like when you put the the money the bipartisan the 3.5 trillion dollars you just it's not like it's being flushed down the toilet it is because it it becomes um it actually generates more money. That's what happens. Every It's like the GI Bill. Every dollar spent on the GI Bill rece- it returned, um, what was it, $6 in taxes, in, in economic stimulus, and every dollar spent on public assistance returns $1.60 into the economy in economic stimulus. So it's an investment, we need this. We need this shit. We need the um to 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 build the infrastructure of the future. So there's um the, the, the real question is well, um because Manchin says he's warning of grave consequences if Democrats pass the three point five trillion dollar package. Grave consequences. What grave? We have grave consequences if we don't pass it. The grave consequences are the end of the constitutionally limited democratic republic. Of course, we're gonna. You want to talk about a shithole country? The Chinese are flying around on bullet trains, and we're we're squabbling um, over infrastructure that was built in the 50s. This is disgusting. So um, where is this? Joe Manchin of West Virginia voiced opposition. This is today. Unbelievable, right? To his party's efforts to pass the $3.5 trillion package saying he supported a procedural vote but worries about Washington continuing to spend at irresponsible levels. You know what's spending at irresponsible levels? When you funnel money into the hands of the rich. Because they are um, so rich that they now threaten government itself. It's not threatening. They are, they've captured it. Oh my God. Democratic-run Washington is aiming to take a two-part approach. Blah, blah, blah. We know this. Senate Democrats are working it to go alone, blah, blah, blah. The Senate has a procedural vote package that Wednesday that went 50 to 49 along party lines. Early this morning, I voted yes on a procedural vote to move forward on the budget reconciliation process because I believe it's important to discuss a fiscal future in this country. However, I have serious concerns. Shut the fuck up. Uh, about the grave consequences facing West Virginians and every American family if Congress decides to spend $3.5 trillion 
Manchin said in a statement. Oh, yeah, West Virginia is really going to suffer from revitalized infrastructure, from, from broadband, from being able to, uh, well, seniors are going to suffer. They, f- when the American people um, can get their teeth fixed or get eyeglasses, well, that's in the, not in this one. That's in the, in the Democratic one. Or the American people are really going to suffer with an electric vehicle infrastructure, don't you think? And West Virginia is really going to suffer when the jobs of the future building this renewable, uh, a renewable infrastructure, renewable energy infrastructure, they're really going to suffer. They want to go down in those mines, right? Is that what it is? They want to die in a coal mine. They don't want to live on 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 the uh, on the ground on an, in a breathable air on an inhabit. Why can't I talk? Inhabitable planet. Jesus Christ! This one, another key moderate Democrat. Cinema, Chris, F you. If I never hear the words mansion and cinema again, it'll be too soon. Senator Kristen Cinema of Arizona said two weeks ago that she does not support the $3.5 trillion package. Oh, my God. She's a tedious bitch. She's a tedious basic bitch, that one. While I support beginning this process, I do not support a bill that costs $3.5 trillion. Yeah, because why? We're only the richest country on earth. We only have enough for everybody's need. Uh, I mean, greed, but not for everyone's need, you know. And th- this is a perfect segue into the last article or thing we're going to discuss tonight until next time and I swear next time I won't play a giant video from Morning Joe (sighs) this has been all over but um, I'm currently reading from Crooks and Liars oh actually not Crooks and Liars Common Dreams Hmm, now it's not opening isn't that great Great timing. I'll just read it here. A new analysis released on Tuesday by the Economic Policy Institute finds that CEO pay in the United States rose by a staggering, wait for it, 1,322% between 1978 and 2020, a sharp contrast to the pay increase of a typical worker, which was just 18%. In the same period. Now, how the fuck does that happen? It happens by policy. Government policy made that. It's not because uh, CEOs are working 1,322% harder than the typical worker who works harder than any CEO. Nobody works harder than people 
in the working class, the people who uh, are hustling constantly to keep a roof over their freaking heads, to put food on the table, to have a decent life in a country that doesn't provide the, uh, the basic infrastructure to do so for everyone. And, and I, um, I, 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 and I say that, um, you know, I realize that there are worse countries. Yes, of course. But in our, in our lane, in the Western dem- democratic lane, we are the least upwardly mobile. We have the widest income. I mean, all of these, uh, this, this is not, um, the recipe for democracy, and that's why we're currently in a fascist coup. It is all connected. And these articles, it's like uh, all the stuff that Bernie talked about, that Bernie keeps, it becomes like a joke now. It's almost like Infrastructure Week, you know? Just keep saying, oh, Infrastructure Week, <laughs> isn't that quaint and cute? It'll never get done. Same thing here. Oh, the the working class is getting the short end of the stick. CEO pay is through the roof. Uh, Americans haven't had a raise ever in in decades. These are all just throwaway talking points. And they'll remain so. You know why? Because the American people are divided. The working class. That's it. And they're divided by by propaganda. By mainstream propaganda. In 2020, a year of pandemic and widespread economic dislocation, the top executives at the largest public firms in the U.S. were paid... 351 times as much as the typical worker would see CEO pay, measured by salary, bonuses, long-term incentive payouts, and exercise stock options, according to Bloomberg. Tesla's billionaires, CEO um, Elon Musk, was the highest-paid corporate executive in the U.S., highlighting the extent to which inequality has soared in recent decades, EPI observes in its report that the CEO-to-worker pay ratio was 61 to 1 in 1989, which ain't that effing long ago. 61 to 1. Now it's 351. Wait, where, where is it? Yeah, 351 to 1, which is a... Staggering 1,322% increase in, uh, in pay in itself. Let's see. CEOs saw their compensation increase by 18% between 2009 and 2020, while the pay of typical workers who were able to hold on to their jobs, <laughs> the ones who, who were able to, is what they're saying, amid mass layoffs stemming from the pandemic, rose just 3.9% over that time. Even the, that wage growth is overstated, notes the EPI, which has been tracking and documenting executive pay trends for years. Perversely, 
High job loss among low-wage workers skewed the average wage higher. Authored by EPI Distinguished Fellow Lawrence Michel and Research Assistant Jory Kandra, the new report argues that exorbitant CEO pay is a major contributor to rising inequality that we could safely do away with. In 2020, the EPA finds a CEO at one of the top 350 public companies in the U.S. was paid, on average, 42.2, uh, excuse me, I, I uh, reversed them, a little dyslexic, 24.2 million on average. CEOs are getting more because of their power to set the pay and because so much of their pay is in stocks. Not because they are increasing their productivity or possessing specific high-demand skills. This escalation of CEO compensation and of executive compensation more generally has fueled the growth of the top 1% and the top 0.1%, leaving less of the fruits of the economic growth of ordinary workers and widening the gap between very high earners and the bottom 90%. The economy would suffer no harm if CEOs were paid less and taxed more. Other recent, re recent research has similarly called attention to the growing disconnect between CEO compensation and measures such as company performance, particularly during a COVID-19 pandemic. Remember all the um, all of the commercials and uh, accolades to the essential workers. I remember, so we were talking about the mainstream media, the corporate media. I remember watching the corporate media and all of the corporate media mouthpieces going, oh, my essential workers, you, you, we should all thank them. Everybody, I, uh, I, what's her name? Nicole Wallace was saying how, I went out and I personally thanked my mailman today well god bless america well how about you do um what my father always used to say when i would say oh my boss gave me a compliment my boss said i did a good job or whatever the hell he'd say tell him to put it in an envelope exactly we don't need your accolades. We don't need your 7 p.m. applause break. Remember that? For the essential work, the frontline workers, essential workers. No CEOs essential. I don't see, uh, we didn't see the CEOs when the CEOs had to stay home. The world kept spinning. Oh my God. In May, the Institute for Policy Studies found that 51 of the nation's 100 biggest low-wage employers, including Coca-Cola, Chipotle, Tyson Foods, and Yum! Brands, altered their own compensation rules to grant top executives massive pay packages as their workers struggled to get by. How much longer, guys? Are we going to take it? How 
much longer. I felt like Joe Biden for a second when I did that. <laughs> How much longer? You know, he likes to whisper. How much longer? I've been saying that for years, though. That's That might be my last words when I cross over. When Grandma comes and takes me into the light, I'll be like, How much longer are we going to take it? I've been saying that for years. How much longer? How much longer are we going to endure this? How much longer can we take it? How much longer are they, our right-wingers, going to fall for the bullshit? The only reason that they can get away with this, that the CEOs are going to get away, that the elites, the corporations who own government can get away with this is because the working class is so damn divided and stupid and stupidly divided. That's it. They have us by the short hairs because they own the, the mechanisms of, uh, they own the, the, uh, the platforms, the bullhorns, you know, they got the bullhorn. I got this little channel here. As along with other liberal media or independent liberal media people. And we try as much as we can to break through. And you know, I mean, I hate it. I hate it. I do. I hate that we um, have to struggle so hard to get the truth out there. I mean, what the fuck? How much... I mean, how much do you need? Scumbags? CEO scumbags? How much do you fucking need? The reason we have to, uh, we have to get the message and unapologetically spread this message of the progressive solutions that not only built the middle class to begin with, but will rebuild it again. If given half a chance. But the reason, I mean, this is why we have to, we, we do the show. <clears throat> Hopefully we can reach people. But they can, I mean, really, how much do you need? How much? Because we have to, um, when we do, we do the show to change the to shift the conversation because we're on the right side of history and humanity. We know that I'm not like Andrew Sullivan in 10 years. I'm not going to be like, Oh, gee, gee, I was wrong about the fact that the American people are divided by propaganda, by corporate propaganda coming from both sides. And that corporate, those corporate propagandists are doing everything they can to protect the system that has CEO pay up 1,322 freaking percent. So they can only get away with this because the American people are, are dumb and divided by stupidity. Stoop fucking pity. And I know I'm cursing a lot today. Excuse me. It is. Because it's just stupid. 
while they're out there screaming about masks and, and wearing a freaking mask and, va- and not getting a vaccine. I, I can't tell you how many stupid videos I've seen of stupid people. I'm sure you've seen them too. Not just the Andrew Sullivan one. Be, um, these school board uh, meetings that people are having and, uh, and then all these freaks are showing up saying, I'm not wearing a mask or screaming and and they open their mouths and it's comical because they're so damn dumb. I feel bad. But they're, that's just some jerk at a school board meeting. Then you have the likes of Joe Rogan, people with with giant platforms who are getting millions of dollars. And they're stupid too. I mean, for real. They know it. They knew. I, I see. This is because there's so many things that have to happen to have a functioning democratic republic, and it's be, it, not only you know you need the the media, you need the message, journalism, uh, papers, newspapers, TV, radio. That's why the founders put the press. They couldn't have imagined, I'm sure, TV and all that. They put the they enshrined the press into our founding documents because they knew it. That's I mean, that's like right there in the First Amendment, number one, free press. We can't live without a, uh, a, a the message. People have to be educated. What it means, how how do you have a functioning democratic republic? It it happens. It doesn't happen by accident. Just like CEO pay doesn't go up um, one thousand three hundred and twenty-two percent by accident. It happens through policy, just like that. It's, it all happens that way. We we do it on purpose, or or it doesn't happen. Everything we see is a result of policies. You know what I mean? CEO pay, worker pay, the fact that Americans are working, um, you know, without being able to retire. Or without being able to save $400. Like all of these statistics I, I say. And as much as I say them on this show, guess what, guys? I haven't heard... I haven't heard one of those. I haven't heard a single second on Morning Joe. I haven't heard any of that. I haven't heard... Uh, anything about the fact that the American people can't save $400 are living paycheck to paycheck. I mean, when 80% of your population is hanging by a thread, because that's what that means. When you're living paycheck to paycheck, you're hanging by a thread. You're, you're, you're just whistling past the graveyard there. You're hoping that nothing happens. You're hoping the checks keep coming, but when they stop coming, what happens? You're, uh, we know what happens. We've seen it. We've been, 
you might have been you. It might have been uh, any of us when they'd shut down the government and people without uh, missing two paychecks, they're on a friggin' food bank line. And then you get all the stories on the mainstream media about how a community got together and they helped somebody or something. And therefore, nothing to see here. Nothing to see. There you go. Thank you. Driss on the super chat. There is more money in right-wing media. Please don't switch, Tara. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. If I, if I switched, I could be... I wouldn't... They wouldn't accept me in the right wing. I... I'm a woman. I'm not a young woman. And uh, I'm not a... I don't know. I'm not a model. I'm not a hot model type as much as I like to convince myself. No, I don't. I don't convince myself I'm a hot model type. <sighs> I'm just... I just get down. I mean, and I don't mean get down like, get down on it, get down. I mean, get down like, ugh. I can't take it. I, I, it's just, what can you do? You start the day with Andrew Sullivan listening to that shit. Listen to a bunch of millionaires spew words out of their mouths telling people who are rising up for social and economic justice that they're, um, that they're too woke. Is that it? You start with that shit. And then it goes on through the day. All on media, corporate media, just constant circle jerk. And then, you know, you end the day reading an article like this. But no one ever, there's not a peep about this on the corporate media. Don't you see how that's a problem? <laughs> I know you do. This is the problem. This is online. And the fact is that you see the right-wingers, they go online. They're not reading this shit. They're going on to, um, I don't know, wherever they go, Q, uh, some Q-hole. They're falling down a Q-hole, and they're becoming stupefied even more than they already are. And then when you, uh, you just Google, if you Google podcast, political podcast, you know, you get the likes of Charlie Kirk and Joe Rogan and all of the right wingers. They're right up at the top. And they're all dumb as a bunch of goddamn rocks. I wish they were silent as rocks because that would uh, give us a chance. But they know that, here's the thing, like, so we saw when we were watching Andrew Sullivan, they were like, yes, we were wrong. We were wrong on the Iraq war. We were wrong on uh, everything else that w that they ever talked about. I mean, they're wrong. They just kept saying, oh, yes, I was wrong on this. I was wrong on that. You know. Well, that's, I mean, we, we're not wrong. We know what needs to be done. 
they know what needs to be done. They're, I mean, f- the fact is, they're full of shit. They, they knew it. They're, the only reason they're saying, oh, we made a mistake, it's because there's no other tact to take. There's no other stance to take and still seeming, uh, and without seeming to be um, a, um, a blood-soaked con man, you know? So they have to pretend like they fell for it. They fell for all of the, like we like trickle down. This is another thing we keep hearing. Trickle down. Um, we made a mistake. Trickle down doesn't work. It it's working exactly as designed. Now, if I knew, like I'm saying, if I knew that trickle down was bullshit. Why wouldn't they know? Of course they knew. And then they talk about being, can't we all have an honest conversation? Please. We're, that's what we're doing here. We're having an honest conversation. Can you? No, they can't. Otherwise, it were, I don't know why. Why wouldn't they want to have an honest conversation? Maybe it would stop you from being canceled constantly. Canceled. I wish. Well, I need more cancel culture, frankly. Cancel? Would you cancel these conservatives already? God. We're just trying to have a functioning democracy. We have a duty to cancel the goddamn... uh, antagonist to that don't we and that includes racists jesus christ but we will continue to have articles about how the gap between rich and poor is wider than it was in in ancient friggin rome and then on one hand we'll have that and then when we try to do something about it in, in whatever whatever way it might be then the chorus of whines will come in about how uh, we can't afford it and and that's because it's working as planned the trickle down forget it it's they weren't um misled it, this is working as designed. It's working. What do you mean? They only have to say. It's sort of like Republicans have to give lip service to democracy. They have to say, oh, we, we love democracy, while they're in the midst of a fascist coup. Oh, we're just trying to save democracy by um, destroying it. They know. It's, this is a, it's a game. Trickle down was a scam meant to funnel money into the hands of the rich, and they have been successful at it. So all of the, oh, we didn't know. (laughs) That bullshit has got to go. I'm here to tell you, F that bullshit. So if any, but you never hear this. That's the other thing. If you never... You never hear on uh, one of these corporate media mouthpiece roundtables, 
if somebody says, oh, well, we never knew about, um, we never predicted that trickle down didn't work. We didn't know that. What do you mean we didn't know? Uh, but you never hear any of the other panelists say, bullshit, I call bullshit on that. I, if I was there, I'd say, look, bullshit. That's just complete and utter bullshit. If I knew it, as somebody, I'm not, I mean, at my, my CUNY education, right? I went to City College, City University. I didn't go to no highfalutin, fancy, fancy uh, Ivy League school. I, if with my CUNY education... And just my a little bit of intellectual curiosity. If I knew that trickle down was um, like George H. W. Bush said, voodoo economics. What the fuck was wrong with you? What's wrong with you, Mo? Mm. Oh my God. So, this is why we do the show, and we will keep doing it. And thank you. I appreciate everyone. I really do, because I, I don't know what I would do without you. Even, like I was saying earlier, when we were watching that video for far too long, when I was watching that this morning, I was like, oh my God, I have to share this with the Tarabuster community. I have to share this with Paradu and Covert White Rabbit and Andrea and Jim and Shadowstar Ace and Pookie's Mama Irene and I have to share this with Errol Thomas and Haiku and Winston and Terry. That's right. I have to share this with Diane and resist evolve and who else do I have to share this with and everybody else Driss I have to share this with Driss I have to share this with anybody Pookies I said that I also have to share this with Kathleen Loves Nature our newest patron at patreon.com slash Thank you again. Kathleen loves nature because I love nature too. And I love that you became a patron at patreon.com slash And you can, oh, as I, before I forget, if you are a patron or a supporter in general, remember, 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 you can send me an email at tarabustermedia at gmail.com and I will uh, send you a mug. How about that? Send me an email with your with your uh, with your name and address. Okay. And you get a mug. Okay. <laughs> Why am I talking like that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I have a cat right here. Look at him. Say something to the people, Junior. <laughs> I hope you could hear him. He sounds like Chewbacca. 
It's got a Chewbacca kind of sound. All right, guys, guys, listen up. I know you're listening. You listen. Look at you. Listen. Listen, mister. We're going to we're going to go to bed now. I'm going to go lay down cuz I'm I got agita. I'm exhausted from life. But what's the alternative? Sometimes when I get down about life, I think what's the alternative? You know what I mean? So, there's really nothing to stress too much about. I I guess I'm a very I don't know. I've always been kind of stressed out. Oh, brother. I don't know. All right, I'm going to, we're going to sign off right now. You're great, Pookie's mama, Irene. Great show as always, Tara. It goes so fast. I appreciate that because I was feeling a little insecure for a minute because I thought, you know, I mean, this is what goes on in my head. Oh, I'll share. I was like, oh, I went on too long with Andrew Sullivan. And I have very critical self. um, It's not even constructive criticism. (laughs) It's not, it's just critical thinking. Critical, not critical thinking, but critical thinking. Against myself, so... All right, listen, listen, listen. You guys are great. I'm going to try to do as many shows as possible. I don't know about tomorrow. We'll see. I haven't been able to do the Tuesday show. I've been uh, going on Thomas Reynolds' show on FYI Nation on Tuesday nights. So if you want to hang out, I don't know if there's a chat room there. But I've been doing that because he asked and what else i'm trying that's all we can say we're doing the best we can your support is everything and that's all i can say we're in this together so i'll be here as much as you guys will so let us do it let's be um let's keep let's keep going what do you think yeah What's the alternative? Again, giving up. We will win. We know we will because we see how it's inevitable. And um, and I'm, I'm talking about, look at, we have made progress in spite of all the douchebags, in spite of the whining, complaining, latte liberal uh, saying that something's wrong with drinking lattes and liberals. I don't know what the fuck that means. And... Um, It's just another, you know what that is, actually, before I go. The latte liberal thing is a way of, it's really hippie punching, but it's a way of, it's just some over, it's like critical race theory. It's another umbrella term that everything gets funneled into, everything you don't like. And um, it's a way of telling liberals to shut up and stop when, in fact, we're the ones that, are affecting the change. We're the hope for democracy. So be proud of that. We are. <laughs> We're the true heirs 
of, uh, of, the, of the democracy. And we also have an obligation. That's how I feel, too, because I, do, I really do feel this way. Um, when I see the, uh, the graves of people who have given their lives for this country, I feel an, uh, an even more uh, pertinent, pertinent, is that the word? An obligation to them to make sure they didn't sacrifice in vain. That's the truth. So, let's call on our ancestors to help us. And we will win. Guys, we're on the right side of history. We are the heirs of democracy. And we have an obligation to protect it and ensure to... Sure, it lasts for the next generation and generations to come. We are the real patriots. We're on the right side of history. We're on the right side of decency, dignity, and democracy. We stick together. We win. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you for hanging out. And I will see you very soon.